Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 4, Episode 1 of The Castle Chat. Season 4! We are back with a brand new season of The Castle Chat and we are so excited that you are joining us today. Today we are starting with our brand new episode called The Ultimate Guide to... dot dot dot. And this week we are diving into Fantasyland in Magic Kingdom. We are going to give you everything that you need to know to be prepared to take on this amazing land within the Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World. So jump on in with us! crazy to me that we are at season four i don't know that i realized how fun i would have doing this and i also don't know that i realized that we would actually get here it was always like a pipe dream but now that we're doing Uh it and we're on season four it's kind of surreal yeah this is our 28th episode if i did that math right 28 yeah nine times three is 27 so this This one is our our 28th 28 wow approaching 30 (laughs) Just, just like, like me. Us. <laughs> In real life. Yeah, I mean, we are bringing you this brand new episode. We decided when we were planning for season four that we wanted to change up a bunch of stuff. And this idea about the ultimate guide came to us. So, Kate, why don't you explain to the listeners what the ultimate guide is? Okay, so we have been starting every season with Disney Breakdown, giving you updates on all things Disney news. Don't worry, Disney Breakdown still exists, but instead of kicking off every season, we're actually going to close every season with that. So we needed Mm -hmm. a new opener. We needed something that was engaging, something fun, and something that had longevity to it. So some of the episodes that we've had previously, we've struggled to come up with new ideas, and this is one where there is always going to be somebody Mm -hmm. who needs a guide to something in Disney World. Disney World is its own little city. There are plenty of different sectors, segments, resorts, whatever you want to call it, um, for us to be able to give you an ultimate guide to how to handle that area or that aspect of Walt Disney World whenever you go on your trips. So to kick us off, we said, okay, well, Magic Kingdom is literally the size of Manhattan or bigger. (laughs) There's some fun fact about that. Um, So to be able to navigate this park with as crazy as the crowds have been with as chaotic as genie plus is we thought we would give you a rundown of how to navigate this specific area in magic kingdom called fantasy land so that you can be on top of it be ready for your trip and feel confident that you know where to go and what you want to do yeah definitely so just to kind of break down what you can expect from this episode we are going to be talking about fantasy land which is one of the lands in magic kingdom we're going to be talking about food rides photo spots firework locations merchandise and even some fun facts We love the fun facts. Yes, I love the fun facts. Yes, well, I mean, you can't do any of these Disney review or guides without giving a little extra something something to Mm -hmm. the people. So we are excited to break all of these different segments of Fantasyland down for you. I think Fantasyland 
when I envision what it looks like is quintessential Disney. That's what I think of when I think of Disney. Whimsical, mm-hmm. colorful, yes. imaginative. These classic movies that we love growing up are all over this part of the park. Yeah, definitely. And Fantasyland has definitely changed over the years. So it was part of the original park opening back in 1971, and it was around 11 acres of land just for Fantasyland, which is wild. And then they actually did a refurbishment back in, I think it was 2013? Started, I think it started in 2012, or it... I don't know. Around the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Around the 2010s, they did a refurbishment and they had they basically added new Fantasyland. And so it grew from 11 acres to 21 acres, doubled in size. It was already a large land. There's so much to unpack. So why don't we jump on in with some rides? Okay, so to give you a small layout, Fantasyland itself even has its own sections. So we can either enter from the left side or the right side and you or have- Or even the middle. <laughs> or even the middle, you are so right. So lots of different entry points to this area, but going from right to left, if you're looking at the castle, you have Storybook Circus, OG Fantasyland, and new fantasy land so mm-hmm. kicking off our rides starting right to left let's jump into storybook circus what can you find in this part of the park so this is a really fun area of fantasy land it could almost be its own land it's very circus themed um lots of big top tents you've got um just i don't know it's very colorful bright cartoony and it's a fun area to be. They do have a little bit of a water area for kids to splash and play around, which is fun. But your two attractions in this area are going to be the Barnstormer and Dumbo. So with the Barnstormer, this is a great kitty coaster. If you have a child that is wanting to test the waters with a with a roller coaster, put them on the Barnstormer. This is a great one to start off with. Um, it's, it's really cute. It's based off of Goofy and... I think it's very fun, even as an adult. It's a fun little ride to go on. Yeah, I have forever called this the Goofy Roller Coaster. (laughs) It Um, is. So if that's what you know it by, then this kitty coaster is actually... um, Do we want to throw in fun facts now or later? It's up to you. What are you thinking? Okay, well, fun fact about the Barnstormer, it only goes like four miles per hour slower than Space Mountain. No way. So it's a kitty coaster, but it's fast. Yeah. The difference between Space Mountain and this one is that Space Mountain's in the dark, so it feels like you're going a lot faster. And there's a lot of twists and turns, and it's yeah, much less of a kitty coaster. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But in terms of speed, this thing goes fast. It's fun. It, for me, still gives me a little bit of a thrill. Yeah. And it's one of those sentimental rides for any family, I'm sure, where it's like, this is your kid's first coaster. Mm -hmm. This is one where they get the courage, they get brave, they get on, and they ride this ride, and it kind of introduces them to Disney thrill rides as we know them. So I love this one. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, if you have a young kiddo who is wanting to test the waters with coasters, this is a great place to start. Yeah. We also have the Dumbo ride, like I mentioned. This is like a, what's the word? How do you, would you describe this type of ride? Um, a slow spinning 
thing. A slow, like a, where it has like, it looks like a giant octopus. It has all the arms that come out and like the little pods that you sit in and they kind of go up and down. You can control if you go up a little bit or down a little bit, but it just goes in a circle and you can control if it goes up and down. There are a couple of these throughout the Walt Disney World Park, but Dumbo is really sweet because I think it's very nostalgic. It's very, it's a very beautiful ride too. It's very colorful and they actually have two sections of Dumbo that you can ride so they can put more people on that attraction. Yeah, Dumbo, when the park opened, was more centralized to Fantasyland. Um, the entire area of Storybook Circus as a whole used to be Mickey's Toontown. Oh, rip. Yeah, so <laughs> you used to be able to find Mickey and Minnie's house, Goofy's roller coaster, mm-hmm. and um, had some meet and greets in there. But now it's themed to the circus, mainly to Dumbo in general. Yeah, definitely. And so this is a great place for it and when they transported it from the center of fantasy land to this new area they added a whole side so it doubled the capacity of guests that it could get on so when they were opening the new version of this ride i think they were trying something new with the waiting area while you were waiting to get on the ride what was that all about So when they opened this new version of Dumbo and it had increased capacity, naturally a lot of younger children are going to want to ride this ride. And so in the queue, which is where you wait for the ride, they actually put a playground under what looks like a big top and they had a play area. And so once you made it to the playground section of the queue, they would ask you how many people are in your party give you a buzzer just like you would get at a restaurant and then your kids could play on the playground until your buzzer went off and then it was your turn to get in the next part of the line which is basically where you wait to load onto the Dumbo vehicles and so that's so smart they had like a little sitting area uh, almost like bleachers where parents could sit and wait with their buzzer um, and then give kids an opportunity to play a little bit unfortunately with the pandemic this obviously has gone away. No playgrounds. Mm. Um, so now it's just your average queue. I hope that this opens back up. I thought it was a really great idea. Um, I'm sure even now with the way technology is, maybe there's a way to tap in on your phone through your My Disney Experience and your phone could yeah, alert definitely. you. Um, but I thought this was a really neat idea and was hoping that some other areas um, if you can imagine what this would look like if they could do could have done this in Toy Story Land and given oh us gosh. like a big Toy Story playground or something like that um it definitely would benefit people with young kids who don't do well waiting in long lines so oh yeah unfortunately again it's not operating right now um you just wait in line like everybody else and um you still get to ride on Dumbo's ride and it's so fun (laughs) yeah I didn't actually know about that because last time I rode Dumbo was probably before they did the refurbishment I just don't I don't typically go for like Dumbo which I should but (laughs) I mean I, I didn't even know that was a thing so that's really cool I think Dumbo is just a classic Disney ride, so if I have time and it's a short wait, I will ride it just for fun. You also get some pretty cool views up there as well. Yeah, definitely. So leaving Storybook Circus, we are going to head a little bit over to your left, as if you were going to walk over towards Tomorrowland. And right before you get to Tomorrowland, there's a sweet little ride over there called the Mad Tea Party. This is based off of Alice in Wonderland. It is your teacup ride. Some people love this ride, some people who don't like spinning don't like this ride, but the cool thing about this attraction is that you get to control how fast the teacup spins. 
Yeah, if you don't want to spin, you don't have to spin. No. The, generally speaking, the ride will take you around in a circle, but you don't have to spin in a way that makes you feel nauseous. No. No, you don't. It will actually, like you said, it will spin, but you can spin the actual teacup itself. So you have that over there. And then, okay, so now we're going to continue to go. If you're, if you've just got off of teacups, you're going to walk over and you're going to see a really cool area where we have some new attractions. One of those being Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. This is the big hitter, I think, in Magic Kingdom. There are several big hitters, but if there is one that always has the longest line, it is this ride. Yes, it is the attraction of Fantasyland. It's one that you'll want to get your Genie Plus Lightning Lane mm-hmm. a la carte for. You'll want to get that. And, I mean, the wait is going to be at least an hour. Yeah, I would say this is the one that everyone tries to rope drop, and that's not a bad idea at all if you don't want to pay for a lightning lane for it. There used to be another Snow White ride in Fantasyland, which was replaced by another thing we'll talk about later, but this still gives Snow White some representation in Fantasyland. Snow White, I think, is important to have representation in Disney World because this is Walt Disney's first feature film, Technicolor, Oscar after Oscar after Oscar big thing that really put him on the map. So having something Snow White in Magic Kingdom in general, I think is a must. So because we lost the other Snow White attraction, having this here is, I think, relevant and important and a good choice. So the thing that um, was interesting about the engineering of this ride Not only is it one of the most new things in in the park in general, which makes it popular, um, it's kid-friendly, it's not super intense, but the um, ride vehicles that you sit in do something a little bit different. You wanna talk about that? Yeah, they do. So each of the individual ride vehicles have the ability to sway left and right. And if you can kind of, you can make that happen. If you lean to your left, the cart will actually kind of tilt to your left or your right. And so it's a really fun way to add a little bit of, I guess, thrill to your ride. Um, This would be a great ride to do if your child had done Barnstormer and they did really well and they'd like the next, kind of the next thing up. I would say Mind Train is definitely the one to go with. It's also got a lot of really cool animatronics in there that have projection mapping on their faces. So it looks like the dwarfs are actually talking to you. I mean, it's it's very realistic. I love it. And it's a very smooth coaster. Uh, Though I don't know what type of, I don't know, know what the engineering behind that is, but the type of coaster that they have, the track that they have, is very smooth. It's a wonderful ride, and it's fun. That was going to be the thing that I say. I love this ride because of how smooth it is. Yeah. When it comes to old coasters, you think of them being loud, bumpy, a little bit jerky. You can, you know, if you have back problems, it's not the best thing to ride. This one my grandma could ride it and be just fine <laughs> yeah it's really fun and when you um when you have the oh my god what's the name of it um photo not yeah photo pass photo pass gosh i had that a blank there for a second so when you have photo pass they actually will do a video of you on this ride too in addition to a picture which is very fun to go back and watch and see your excitement while you're on this ride now previously there was another attraction that was um that was right where mine train now sits what was that attraction before So before Mine Train, we had 20,000 leagues under the sea. It was a submarine ride, it was a huge lagoon, and I mean, you you were in a submarine that was submerged in the water, um, and the thing that was unique about this ride 
which kind of is maybe similar to the Nemo ride in Epcot, but it gave you things um, by your window that kind of made it seem like certain things were happening outside of your submarine. Mm -hmm. Um, And 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is another early Disney hit, Um, Captain Nemo where Nemo from Finding Nemo gets his name um, is, you know, the main character here. And so there's this huge lagoon with submarines that basically went around in a circle and you kind of experienced um, the storyline of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And so um, I can't remember. There's a very specific reason why they said this wasn't working anymore. They couldn't keep up with it. And they filled in this lagoon and put a roller coaster on top of it. What once was a lagoon is now... A roller coaster. Yeah, and it looks like a mountain. It looks like the opposite landscape. It's got mm-hmm. trees and bushes and all these things with forced perspective that makes it seem like it's this really big mining mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is, uh, what is directly across from Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Okay, so directly across from Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you are going to find the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. There's a big tree. It's a manufactured tree, but there's a tree, um, and you will see where you can get in line to ride this ride, board a honey pot, and <laughs> go through um, a classic Winnie the Pooh story about a blustery day. And it is, in terms of kid rides, where a small baby could ride one of the rides. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's really fun. It also took the place of another attraction, which was Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And there is actually some tributes to that old ride in Winnie the Pooh. There's some um, pictures of, what is it? I'm looking at, there's a, I think there's a, there's a deed handover. Yes. Picture. Yeah. So where Mr. Toad is handing the deed over to Pooh saying like, this is your ride now. Yeah. So when you go in the first room, there is a series of things hung on Owl's wall. You are in Owl's tree. And one of those is a picture of he and Mr. Toad and they're shaking hands and Mr. Oh, Toad it's, it's, is handing okay. him the deed. I thought it was Pooh, but it's not. Yeah. So it's actually Owl who's okay. in charge, I guess. <laughs> um, but... I think that's really sweet. Uh, When they announced that Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was going to close, there were legitimate picketers outside of the ride. People came into Magic Kingdom with posters and things saying, you know, we protest. We don't want you to close this ride. Please don't close this ride. Obviously, they did it anyway. <laughs> they didn't listen. But um, you can still ride Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland. So if you really miss it and want to... Um, go back for nostalgia or experience it for the first time because you've only been since Winnie the Pooh's been in Fantasyland, then you can go check it out in Disneyland. Yeah. But um, I love this ride. It also has a ride vehicle that um, has some different motions to it. It kind of simulates being in water. It simulates bouncing uh, and a lot of other really fun things that make it entertaining for kids. It's not just a straight through dark ride. There's actually some different movements that you'll experience. So this one's a fun one and family friendly too. Yeah, definitely. And directly behind Mine Train is the Under the Sea's Journey of the Little Mermaid. Now there are two Little Mermaid attractions in Walt Disney World. You've got a show in Hollywood Studios and then you have the actual ride itself in Magic Kingdom in Fantasyland. This is a very similar ride to The Seas with Nemo and Friends, which is a dark omnimover. 
that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Omnimover. Omnimover. That's such a hard word. <laughs> um, but there's lots of vibrant colors throughout, and it's almost like a, just a sing-along. It's telling, kind of telling the story of The Little Mermaid, but you kind of get to hear the songs as you go through the whole entire thing, and there are fun animatronics, and it feels like you truly are under the sea. Yeah, the I think the ride vehicles, the clamshells that you ride in, are identical to the ones that you ride in in Nemo. Oh, they I probably have, are. They're probably like, mm, like two for one. Yeah, they've already got the, <laughs> the model, just make some more. Um, yeah, this one is definitely vibrant, fun. Um, there is a moment where you encounter Ursula, so there is a little bit of a more mm-hmm. villainous section of the ride, too. Um, but yes, very much like a sing-along through The Little Mermaid. Um, it's an easy one that always has a shorter wait time mm-hmm. if you need some ride to do some time-killing. Um, it's definitely an easy, uh, short wait. Yeah, that's good. Okay, now we're going to travel into more of the OG fantasy land, which is kind of right behind where the castle is. So what what attractions do we have right there behind the castle? So right behind the castle, you immediately to your right behind the castle have where that Snow White attraction used to be that I was mm-hmm. mentioning earlier. It was Snow White Scary Adventures. This one was <laughs> closed and taken away because it was said to be way too scary for kids. <laughs> So this you have scary in the name, like, I don't know. (laughs) Right. The interesting thing, I had been on this ride prior to it closing. The interesting thing about this ride, Snow White is a little bit of a dark story, um, if you think about it, removed from the fairy tale aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And in this ride, the witch was showcased seven times, whereas Snow Snow White was showcased twice something like that so Mm. it was like very much villain forward Mm. and kids just weren't into it they were scared kids got off crying so they said (laughs) let's do a different version of snow white and Mm -hmm. make it better um so they took out snow white scary adventures and replaced it with princess fairy tale hall which is so fun yeah i think it's important for kids uh to have a place for meet and greets and this is exactly what that is you can meet princesses here um it's a designated area where if your little one really wants to meet tiana or cinderella or whoever else might be in the hall um you just go there and they're they're there waiting for you yeah that's also or i I mean i never got to ride scary adventures but doesn't it still exist in disneyland Yes, it does. They just did a refurb on it, actually. Okay. Yeah, so maybe we should try it out when we go there. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I will I will get on for nostalgia. Okay, great. Okay, let's see here what we got else. We also have the Prince Charming Regal Carousel. Very classic, your typical carousel, but it's very beautiful. It's a very large carousel as well. It fits a lot of people, and I'm not sure exactly how many, but... It's definitely one of the larger carousels out there. I believe there are 90 horses or so on this carousel. I would say this is a bougie upscale carousel. It is gorgeous. Yeah. And it is one of my favorite things to just sit and watch whenever the Mm. sun goes down and its lights come on. It is so beautiful. And this is actually the oldest attraction in all of Walt Disney World. Which is crazy. Yeah. So this was, funny enough, a carousel that was made in Michigan, put in a park in New Jersey, and then bought by Walt Disney and moved to Florida. So this thing has been all over the place. I don't know how you transport a carousel, but um, (laughs) I don't either. But I mean, it's beautiful. And it's so it's so fun to see once you come through the backside of the castle and you just see the carousel 
going. I don't know. I just, it feels like, oh my gosh, I've entered fantasy land. Yeah, for sure. And did you know that Cinderella actually has a designated horse? <gasps> no. Yes. There's a specific horse on the carousel that is Cinderella's horse. What? You can identify this horse by finding the horse with the golden ribbon on its tail. Wow. So when you I get on, here first, guys. I always, that's the only one I'll ride. I have to ride hers. So. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Yes. So I love the carousel. It's again, family friendly um, and is usually not a long wait. Mm-hmm. So it's a good one to fill space or get on with little ones. Um, and you can find it directly behind the castle. So you have a beautiful view as well. Yeah. And to the left of the carousel, you will find Mickey's Philar Magic. This attraction, I feel like a lot of people do not know what this attraction is. I see a lot of people walk by it kind of giving a confused face. Um, I think it's an amazing attraction that everybody has to do. Like, it's, totally. a, ha- it's, it's a has to and a must do. Um, it is a 4D show. So it takes you through Donald's story of him trying to get back this hat that he accidentally he stole and then accidentally lost. And then it takes you through all of these Disney classics, all of these songs. It The screen opens up. Like, I, I will admit... The first like 30 seconds of the show you're like did i really did i really come to watch this like is this really what we're about to happen about to happen and then it the whole scene completely changes and it is just amazing yeah i think this is totally underrated people pass by it it never has a long wait um it is a like a 15 uh, it's it's usually only ever a 15 minute wait because mm-hmm. of the length of the show. Yeah. And so it's a huge theater. You can get a lot of people in there. You can get in some shade. You can get in some air conditioning. But AC. also. Exactly. We love the AC. Sing hallelujah. It is good in Florida. Um, but the show itself is great. And it's totally something that will take you by surprise if mm-hmm. you've never given it a shot. So um, if you need a minute to sit down in the dark with some air conditioning, please pop in here. You won't regret it. We mentioned it in a previous episode, but there is an entire new segment to yes. the show that has added Coco. Um, so there are um, Aladdin and Jasmine, Ariel, the Lion King, yeah, that fun. Um, and now Coco, and some others as well um, that are a part of Donald's journey into getting back this sorcerer's hat that he lost. So yeah. it's and it's funny. I mean, it actually is comical. The way it ends is cheeky, and um, I definitely think that this is one that mm-hmm. people tend to skip that they shouldn't. Yeah, it's definitely a fun one. Okay, so then going a little more over to your left, you're going into this very narrow part of Fantasyland. This, I would say, is probably the most crowded part of Magic Kingdom. It is a bottleneck. Yeah, it is very narrow, but it houses some really fun attractions. Two of those being Peter Pan's Flight and It's a Small World. Very classic OG Disney World rides yeah i think this is as og as it gets i would say in my list of og rides small world peter pan carousel dumbo yeah i mean and maybe teacups but those are just when i think of disney when i think of classics these are ones if you've never been to disney before and you want to try quintessential disney you got to get on all of these fantasy (laughs) fantasy Mm -hmm. land rides but peter pan let's talk about that first Mm -hmm. this ride always has a long wait oh always so long so so long do you know why that is because it doesn't it doesn't house that many people it's like 
one of the fewest people occupancy? per yeah yeah uh, it's the lowest occupancy ride fewest people per hour that get through it so you can only get like two people per ship mm-hmm. you get on a pirate ship you can only get like two to three people on it and it's slow and there are aren't that many so and it often stops because the people that that are slower to get on it because it, it's one of those like moving walkways you have to walk up and get in the and get into the ship sometimes they have to stop it and when they stop it the whole ride stops yep so it's just very slow moving it is a really fun ride would i wait in it that long probably not if i had a lightning lane kind of hanging around late at night i'd probably pick it up but it's not my go-to attraction. The way that I always ride this ride is getting in line like the last minute that the park is open. I think that it is worth the ride. The perspective, like you said, is very unique. It's overhead, everything is below you. And the way that they do force perspective makes you feel like you're really high up. Um, And it's, you know, it's fun. So do i wait in line for an hour and a half for it no but if there's one minute till park close and it's a 30 45 minute wait will i get in line yes and you know why because by the time i get off the park is empty Mm -hmm. and i got to ride peter pan and then i get to walk out on main street with virtually no one and that's why I don't mind waiting in like a 30, 45 minute wait mm-hmm. at the end of the night yeah. when the park is actually closed. They'll let you in line if the park is technically still open. So we usually rush over this way when it's park closed and just hop in line so we can say we rode it. Um, nostalgic reasons for me. This is a really sentimental ride um, for me and my dad. We have some really Aww. specific memories on this one. So I feel like I can't ever miss it just because of those memories. So That's sweet. Um, for me personally, this is always a must do, but do I wait in the super long line for it? No. no. <laughs> yeah, that's our tip. You found it here. <laughs> so last attraction um, that we have, actually we have another one that we forgot, but this one is, it's a small world. This is the ride that if you ride it, you will be singing the song for the rest of your life and it'll never get out of your head. And I won't sing it for you because you probably already know it and I don't want to put it in your head. It's so. already in my head just by you saying that. <laughs> but it is a fun attraction. It's a boat ride that takes you through all the different countries of the world. They're singing the same song in a different language the whole time it's just it's the same sound the whole entire time and you have these little dolls in each of the rooms that you go in that are dressed up based on the culture of that specific country or region and it's a very it's a very educational ride it's fun it's vibrant and it's very easy for anybody to do it's also um very accessible for wheelchairs they have boats that you can put your wheelchair on so i like that it's a family friendly everybody can ride it type of thing but be prepared to be singing the song for the rest of your life. When I think of attractions in all of Disney World that if Walt Disney walked back into the park, what would he want to get on? I think this is one of them. Oh, definitely. And I love it for that reason because it represents a lot of his hope and vision for unifying the world through uh, entertaining children, basically. Um, But there is a message of unity and peace throughout all countries. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. the message, when you take away the nonsense and the annoyance of 
how the song sounds <laughs> sometimes um, when you write it with like younger boys or teenage boys are always like oh my gosh so many creepy dolls um, so yeah. you could definitely pull it out of context in that way and really not enjoy this ride um, but when I think about what Walt Disney loved and this being a place that he created this is definitely one of those attractions the song was written by the Sherman Brothers who have done a lot of Disney classics that you you know and love without even knowing that they wrote them Mm -hmm. Um, and so the legacy of their music writing with Walt's vision for this ride it was a part of the 1964 World's Fair was a big deal there and then was eventually put in the parks Um, but this um, I think this is classic Disney so if you've never been on it you have to ride it if you never want to go on it again after that that's fine but at least ride it once. <laughs> at least you did it. Now, there was one attraction that we forgot that is kind of behind Mind Train to the left. Um, it is the Enchanted Tales with Belle. And I've never done this before, but you have. So why don't you give them a little bit of an explanation of what this attraction is? So unfortunately, one of the reasons why we forgot it is because it's been closed for a long time due to the pandemic, it being a face-to-face interaction with characters. It's not really something that the parks are wanting to promote right now, which I totally understand. Um, But essentially, this is like a skit and it involves you, the audience. When you go, you get in line for Enchanted Tales with Belle, you enter her cottage, her father's cottage, um, and the intro itself for this ride or attraction, it's not really a ride, um, but the intro itself for this is worth going. Um, Kind of in the same way that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, you enter the ride through an unexpected way or an unexpected manner the way that you enter into the rest of the cottage you're watching the story on an enchanted mirror just like the beast has in the movie Um, and all of a sudden that enchanted mirror becomes a doorway and you walk through it and i'm mind blown every time (laughs) Um, i haven't been on it in a long time so um i haven't gotten to experience it in the last couple of years but i have been on it with family they pick random people um to play different characters in the beauty and the beast story and you act it out in front of the rest of the people enjoying the show um my younger brother when he was two years old was picked to be the beast and at the end of the show, whoever is the beast dances with Belle. And let me tell you, this boy was in love. Like, he's only two years old, <laughs> but watching him dance with Belle will be a memory my family cherishes forever. That's so, so fun. even though it's not operating and I don't know if and when it will be again, if you have little ones who wouldn't be too um, shy to stand in front of some people and like say single words or one-liners. Um, this one's definitely fun. Yeah, that's so fun. I have to do it. I'm I like it would be a really fun opportunity. Okay, so that's all the rides and attractions for the area, which is a lot of information, but that's mainly why you're there, right? You're there to do the attractions. You're there to do the rides. We are going to move on to food, and we're kind of just going to talk about each restaurant or um, quick service place that they have and just one thing from each of those that we think is like your go-to item to buy. So we're going to start back over where we kind of ended with the um, area that's kind of a bottleneck. It's where Small World is and Peter Pan's Flight. And our first restaurant that we have over there is a quick service restaurant and it's Pinocchio's Village House. 
And this is, I, I always feel like I stop here for some nuggets and fries or some type of burgers. It's a really easy American place to go and get a simple quick service meal. I like their chicken nuggets, they're really good. I personally always get a flatbread. They have Ooh. flatbread pizzas there. And when you go to Pinocchio's Village House, there is a section where you can sit at tables by a window that overlook Small World. So that's really fun. Something that is a personal tradition for me and my family, we will sit by the window and we will see how many people we can get on the Small World boats to wave at us. <laughs> so if I you want that. some good, decent food and some entertainment at the same time, this is a good spot kind of yep. in the hub of Fantasyland. Yeah. Okay, so now if you walk past the carousel, you're walking past the um, back of the castle, you're going to head over to kind of where the Seven Doors Mine Train area is. And we've got a couple of things over here that are really, really great for treats. We've got the Friar's Nook and we've got Storybook Treats. And I know you're a big fan of Storybook Treats. Storybook Treats is something that I never miss when I am in <laughs> in Magic Kingdom in general, you can find any of the themed cones. I won't say any. You can always find a themed cone ice cream at this um, particular snack spot. You can get the Peter Pan float, which is lime Dole Whip with Sprite. Um, if you're into that, it's good. It's very Instagrammable. Um, <laughs> but I have gotten probably six different types of themed cones here and i i'm personally just obsessed with what they have to offer in terms of treats so <laughs> um it's a good one if you are there on a hot day and you want some ice cream they have sundays as well but the fryer fryer's nook next door has Oof. a really unique set of snacks there what are what are they having to offer so they we've got the sweet over at storybook treats and then we've got the salty at fryer's nook which is basically your place to get any type of loaded tater tots and let me tell you i'm a tater tot gal i um, i will tell you a very brief story about my tater tot experience i literally park hopped to magic kingdom between before going to dinner just to go get the tots the bacon mac and cheese tater tots i was like my friend was like i'm going back to the hotel or the resort to get ready for dinner i think we we're going to disney springs or something that night and i was like i'm going to magic kingdom to get tater tots and i literally walked in the park got tater tots and walked back out and i <laughs> literally that's all i went into magic kingdom for i think that that is totally reasonable i'm glad you did it you could make a meal off of this oh, if you big. wanted to it's yeah. huge it's very filling um but it's a unique snack that you're not going to find everywhere. Loaded tater tots that have like... Buffalo. There's buffalo ones. Yeah, yeah. like barbecue, um, like braised beef, mac and cheese. What I mean, there's so many they different... They are so good. Yeah, so many different versions. Um, and if you're into loaded tots, tachos, if you will... Um, <laughs> then this is your place for yeah, sure. Definitely. Okay, I guess the next place to go would kind of be behind Mine Train. There's no real like way to walk around Fantasyland unless you kind of go behind Mine Train as well. Like you can go in a straight line, but then you kind of, if you don't go behind Mine Train, you're kind of missing out on some of the fun parts of Fantasyland. If you think of, of Mine Train as a central point to Fantasyland and there are spokes in different directions, mm -hmm. you have a spoke towards New Fantasyland, which would be where the Little Mermaid and Enchanted Tales with Belle are. You have the Storybook Circus spoke, the tea party spoke and the classic og carousel and yes. peter pan 
small world spoke so they kind of it's like an octopus it has different arms that come off of it and mine train is right in the center yeah so we're gonna go behind mine train and we've got a really really awesome restaurant called be our guest this is one of the few table services in magic kingdom and do you think it's worth the hype i think for breakfast it is i agree wholeheartedly yes it is a very expensive sit-down restaurant, so your breakfast prices are going to be around $30 a person, and your lunch and dinner are going to be $60 a person. Now, you do get a lot of food with that price, but to me, it's for lunch and dinner, it's way too expensive. For breakfast, you get like a large um, plated meal with also like these bunch of like pastries and sweets that come with it as well, and you're sitting inside of this fully themed castle it's beast castle so it's you have like the grand ballroom where you see in the movie and you have two other dining rooms as well so it's a large place you feel like you're in the movie so i think you're paying more for the aesthetics of the of the restaurant the food is good but i would say it's only worth it for breakfast i agree the theming the the things that you see while you're sitting down make the experience worthwhile for the price um as a picky eater, I'm a very picky eater, I don't really like what they have to offer for lunch and dinner. Mm. Breakfast is easy. It's pretty much universal American selections with a couple of things, give, and, give or take, that might fall more into that French category. Um, but the options for lunch and dinner are not really um, things that my palate is interested in. And so I don't think it's worth the money mm-hmm. for that reason. And if you have kids who are picky eaters, it might be harder for them to find something they like as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, if you keep going back across the bridge after you go to be our guest, you will actually find Gaston's Tavern. And this is home to the famous cinnamon roll. This cinnamon roll, there are different versions of cinnamon rolls that you can get in Disney World in general, but this is the superior cinnamon roll. Oh, it's roll. the best cinnamon roll ever. It's so, so good. It's so moist. I hate that word, but it is. And it's it's got the perfect amount of icing on it. It's amazing. It, yeah, you can also ask for extra icing if you need it, but usually it's the right proportion of breadiness to sweetness. Um when you need a little something something that might not be ice cream that might melt in your hand this is a good one to go to there mm-hmm. you can also find um lefou's brew which is a popular one to get here as well it's basically like an apple cider slushy hmm. um so if you like like apple juice or apple cider um that's another good cold snack that you can get there as well yeah and then if you go towards the Mad Tea Party, again, as if you're going towards Tomorrowland, you'll find the Cheshire Cat Cafe, which is where you can find the Cheshire Cat's Tail, which is basically a chocolate croissant with purple and pink icing drizzled over the top that's supposed to look like a tail. And it is a really good chocolate croissant. So good. Most times I've had this snack, if I get it in the morning, it's always better. Really? Yeah. They're fresher. They're warm. Mm. Sometimes I've gotten them in the afternoon and it's like, okay, they made these a few hours ago, but I've gotten them first thing in the morning when I'm trying to rope drop, um, seven dwarves mine train, I'll grab a little snacky snack to stand in line (laughs) with. And it's very good. It's sweet. I always think that the treats and snacks in Disney are better shared so you can enjoy more of them um but this is very very delicious and I 
I don't, would you choose Gaston Cinnamon Roll or Cheshire Cattail if you had to pick one? Cheshire Cattail. Me too. Yeah, definitely. So. I, I don't typically eat cinnamon rolls. Um, that's probably the only one I would eat. <laughs> so I would pick the chocolate croissant, definitely. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, think that the total package of what you get with the Cheshire Cattail is more enjoyable than the cinnamon roll. Mm. You can get a cinnamon roll anywhere. But you can't, yeah. You can't necessarily, I mean, I guess you could get chocolate croissants places, but for whatever reason, this is a really, really good snack and treat if you want something sweet. Yeah. Okay, and finally ending over in the castle itself is Cinderella's Royal Table. This is also um, one of the only sit-down opportunities for a restaurant that you have in Magic Kingdom, but it is very expensive. $100 a person, so if you got a family of five, yikes. Yeah, it's a lot, but you do get to dine with the princesses, which is a huge hit for, obviously, little girls. Yeah, you get to, I think at this point, because of the pandemic, you see Cinderella when you enter the restaurant, but the princesses don't meander around like they used to. So again, the experience is diminished a little bit, but the price is not. Um, (laughs) The food is okay. Again, kind of like Be Our Guest, amazing environment, amazing visuals, uh, not great food. So, yeah. I mean, it's decent. It's fine. But would I pay $100 for what they present to me? No, not in any given regular day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to dine in the castle and have a special experience, I think this is maybe a good, like, anniversary or birthday thing where it's, mm-hmm. like, the two of you, where it's, like, $200 for dinner versus a whole family. It's just so expensive. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. But teach their own if this is your vibe go for it um that kind of wraps up food for the area there's lots and lots of options mostly snacky foods i would say in Fantasyland. so i would say if you're looking for an instagrammable um piece of food head to Fantasyland for sure okay let's kind of just quickly talk about the different uh, merch stores that they have throughout Fantasyland because there are quite a few why don't we just kind of name them okay so there are a couple places where you can get your to be expected Disney merch. It's kind of the same as you would find anywhere else in the park. Um, Things aren't necessarily specialized because of where they are. Um, You can find ears, pins, t-shirts, whatever else it might be, plush Mm -hmm. stuffed animals um, in Sir Mickey's, which is right behind the castle. It's themed to Mickey and the Beanstalk, like Jack and the Beanstalk. (laughs) Um, I love the theming of this one. There is a beanstalk growing on the outside, and if you go on the inside, you can see the giant peeking through and Mickey climbing the beanstalk. So that one's fun to see for that reason. Um, There is Castle Couture, which is in that same area. Um, You can go there to get pixie dusted so fun so basically if you want a little bit of glitter in your hair you can stop in there and they will pixie dust you say something magical and sprinkle a little pixie dust in your hair (laughs) um fun for adults fun for kids i think you can also go in here for the specialized pins you can pay three dollars extra for somebody who is really good at calligraphy to write your name on your birthday pin or whatever you might be celebrating i've also seen the plain leather mickey ears 
dollars um people take those in the shop and they pay i don't know if they still do the three dollars or if it might be a little extra to do the ears but they write something specialized on the plain leather um, mickey ears which is a fun detail as well um and then there are a couple more merch places. You can find some at the end of some attractions that have merchandise themed to that attraction. But what are some of the other ones that we have? So we've got Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which is more of an experience. It's a paid opportunity where you you can dress up like a pirate or a princess. They'll give you the costume. They'll do the hair, the makeup. It's a very fun dress up opportunity for kids. Um, and there's also merchandise that you can buy throughout there. Then we've got Fantasy Fair and Big Top Souvenirs. Big Top Souvenirs can be found in the Storybook Circus area. So there's lots of lots of places where you can buy merchandise. You know, the big place to buy merchandise in Magic Kingdom is the Emporium, which is on Main Street, but you can still find plenty of items back in Fantasyland. Yeah, if there is a mad rush in the Emporium and you just want a pair of ears, just go in one of the shops yeah, in the back of Fantasyland. So yeah, it's so great. it's a good, easy place to stop in and get what you need. Um, without as much chaos as what you might find on Main Street. Yeah. So some of the last things we're going to talk about are our favorite places to take pictures. You got to get the photo for the gram. Um, and then places that we would watch uh, parade or fireworks back there. So let's rapid fire a couple of these. Yeah. So photo spots. Everybody wants their good Instagram photo. Fantasyland has plenty opportunities for this. So teacups. When you're sitting in a teacup, really aesthetic, really fun, pastel colors, fun to take picture on the teacups. Um, on Dumbo, a lot of times friends will ride Dumbo with like one person in the in the Dumbo in front of them and one behind and like take a picture behind them of the person in Dumbo. I've seen that done a lot and it's really cute. So definitely on the Dumbo ride. Warning, cast members will yell at you to turn around and face forward <laughs> if you do it too much. I have been there. I have done that. Um, did I get a photo? Yes. But was I yelled at by a cast member to please turn around? Also, yes. <laughs> yes. Proceed with caution. Um, there's the aerial ships so are right outside of the under the sea with the journey of the, whatever the name that there, that's a really long name for an attraction. The little mermaid attraction back there has a ship out front. That's really beautiful. You can get some good photos out there. You can also get a fit picture over by the Gaston Tavern where there's a fountain outside and there's even inside of the tavern, there's Gaston's chair that you can sit in. That one's really fun and a lot of people don't know about that one. So that is a cool photo spot. And then, oh, inside Be Our Guest, right by the, so when you walk in, there's like the storybook of Beauty and the Beast with the stained glass window behind as if you're inside of Beast's castle. And it's a very fun little little corner in the restaurant where you can take some photos as well as anywhere inside be our guest it feels like you're in the ballroom so you can get some cool shots in there i have rope drop magic kingdom with the intention of getting photos with less people in them and be our guest sometimes is not open with like early entry hours they mm. wait until regular park opening to open and the doors to the castle are closed i've gone back there and taken pictures on the little walkway to be our guest with the doors closed and it's also really cool just to have no one in the photo and seem like you're outside of the castle yeah, as well definitely um also there's bell's cottage which is right there by the enchanted tales with bell bell which is fun you've got cinderella's fountain which is right as soon as you go through the back of the castle on your left you're going to find cinderella's fountain which is a very cute statue of cinderella and some birds and it's it's a cute little tribute to her 
And with that one, there is a little fun tidbit where when you are looking directly at Cinderella as an adult, um, you just see her in her, she has the rags to riches story. She is in her rags attire. Um, (laughs) And if you get down to a child's height or essentially bow, it looks like she has a crown on her head based off of the mural behind her. So that's a fun little thing to go find too. That's so fun. I didn't even realize that. I love that. You can also take pictures with the back of the castle because you're right there with by the fountain. So that's very beautiful with all the windows from um, Cinderella's Royal Table. So that's fun right there. Um, also, if you're in line for Peter Pan, there's a part on the outside of the building where it has this like Neverland map and it's a really cool photo spot there. I've seen uh, people take plenty of photos over there. But my all-time favorite photo spot in Fantasyland it should be its own whole land. Are the tangled restrooms? The tangled restrooms. <laughs> Prettiest toilets in all the land. Prettiest I mean. toilets. It looks like it's the city of Corona. They got all the lanterns. They have these tiny, they have these little houses right next to the bathroom that have these little doors that you can sit in front of. You can even step right inside of the entrance to the bathroom and they have this beautiful, the purple flower mural. There's so many opportunities to take awesome photos within the tangled restrooms area. Yeah, no, and there's not even an attraction here. People just stop by to go it's to the bathroom. It's literally just restrooms. That's or all take it is. photos. Yeah. Restrooms or photos. Yeah, for sure. I would say it's 50 50 <laughs> on use of that area. Absolutely. But it's so fun. There's so many spots to take photos. And if you have taken a spot, have you, if you've taken a photo in Fantasyland and we didn't mention it and you think it's cool, let us know. We want to know of new photo spots. I'm sure there's plenty of other areas where you can take photos back there. Post them on your socials, tag us so we can see. Oh, yeah. And we can show everyone else where some other cool places to take pics would be. I feel like that's part of the Disney experience these days is getting cool photos. Yeah. Um, what last, about fireworks? Yeah. Last but not least, fireworks. Um, I'm going to start right back where we left off, Tangled Toilets. Um, <laughs> sit on the benches outside the toilets. If you need to go to the bathroom, it's right there. If you need a snack, you're not too far from one. But there are plenty of bench like areas where you can just sit and watch fireworks my family and i go back there all the time less crowds we just chill and you can see the fireworks just fine Mm -hmm. from the toilets yeah the only thing is you can't you can't see the production mapping on the actual castle but you can obviously see the fireworks in the sky so most of the areas that you're going to watch fireworks from in Fantasyland, you're not going to be able to see projection mapping because mm-hmm. you're on the back side of the castle um but you have the added glow of the lanterns back by the tangled toilets i'm just mm-hmm. going to keep really talking toilets. this area up um but yeah that's probably my go-to but my second go-to would be to get in line for seven dwarves mine train when you know the fireworks are about to start because the line gets shorter and if you get lucky and you time it right, when you are on that ride and the fireworks are shooting over your head, it is magic. Yeah, it's absolute magic for sure. I've done it before and I loved it. So I would highly recommend that. There's also um, some concrete benches across from Storybook Treats where you can get a good view from there. And then also some tables on the outside patio of Friars Nook. So that same kind of area by there, by those two snacky areas, you can get a good view of the fireworks. Okay, so just some fun facts to end our time here. Um, what do we got on here? Oh, there is a, um, speaking of Tangled, <laughs> there is a hidden Pascal game. 
Yeah, if you haven't done this, you're missing out. Yeah. Tell them about this. Pascal is kind of the sidekick in the Tangled movie. And there are these little Pascal figurines, I guess, placed throughout Fantasyland where you can, like, it's a, I guess, like, you know, you have to find them. Like, I spy. So Pascal is a a chameleon. So chameleons change color to camouflage themselves with their surroundings. So naturally, if Pascal is going to be all over this tangled area, he is going to be blending in with his surroundings. So there are several, I don't know the number that's in there, but there's a, there's a good number. It's not like four. Um, and so you can go in and find him blending in with different areas, making funny faces. Um, and that's a fun little way to kill some time with somebody. If you have a group of people that is in line for something that you don't want to ride, or if you're with a younger child and you're trying to kill some time, this is a fun way to get them to interact with the area and find Pascal all over the place. Yeah. Also with Mind Train, they did a nod kind of to the Scary Adventures ride when they closed that one. They actually used a lot of the same figures from or, or animatronics from that ride and repurposed them. Like the vultures were reused. Um, and you can actually, the, near the end of the ride, you can actually find the original, um, what is it? It's figures of Grumpy, Grumpy, Sleepy, Doc, Happy, and Bashful. They're inside of this cottage and they're the original um animatronics from which i think is so fun yeah i love how they repurpose these works of art i mean really that's what they are so um getting to see something that is a tribute to what used to be and like i said continuing to have representation of snow white because it was such an important film in what we know as disney um Mm -hmm. and walt disney's career um is fun for sure um okay tell me about this hidden mickey that uh, is apparently larger than life, but I don't know about. You don't know this? I don't know this. Oh, dude, this one's really cool. So it's, it's very hard to spot, but when you spot it, you can't unsee it. So if you're staring at the entrance to the, um, the Little Mermaid attraction, they have the, air, they have the boat right up front, and there are these rocks that are kind of around the boat. And if you look at the rocks from a certain angle, it is literally like Steamboat Willie Mickey, like his whole body, like head, mouth, up, down to his pants. Like you can see like where the buttons are on his pants, down to his shoes, and he's like laying sideways in the rocks how do they come up with this stuff i don't even know i literally i saw it i think on tiktok once and i was blown away i was like holy crap that's so so it's not just like the mickey mouse head which is typically what hidden mickeys are it's mickey's whole body and he's right there in the rocks i'll also send it i'll I'll put it on our story and see if you guys can can spot it out but that is kind of where that is so not a hidden mickey but a hidden nautilus so the nautilus is the submarine that was the main submarine in Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea um and so the ride like we talked about that used to be where seven dwarves mine train now sits there is a hidden nautilus in the rocks of the line um for voyage of the little mermaid and then there is voyage of the little mermaid is not the right title but the little mermaid attraction (laughs) um and then there is also a hidden nautilus in the tree the big tree outside yes. of winnie the pooh yeah so I know about that one that's a, cool a double tribute um that is 
hidden, but also if you look for it, you can find it um, to say, hey, we know the legacy of what used to be here. We still honor that, but are stepping into the future, which I think is very Walt Disney. Yeah, it's so fun. Obviously, Fantasyland is huge. It's We've huge. Spent yeah. so much time breaking it down for you guys. I hope you don't get lost. <laughs> yeah, I think hopefully you got to the end of this and you're like, wow, I'm an expert now on Fantasyland because <laughs> there's a lot that we packed in here and we hope that you guys enjoyed getting to learn more about this land. If you have questions about this land, please reach out to us. We would love to um, talk you through anything and look at menus or talk about, I don't know, different attractions and different rides. There's just so much to offer here. So thanks so much for hanging in this whole long episode and, and being here to learn more about Fantasyland. Hey friends, a quick break in this week's episode to bring you our giveaway code word. For those of you not following us on Instagram, you should be at the castle chat is where you will find our season four kickoff giveaway. We are very excited to be gifting one of our listeners a coach and Disney collaboration piece. It is a change purse or a coin purse. It's very cute. And if you will head to our Instagram, follow the rules set in place on our giveaway post and send us this code word that you're about to hear, you will receive several bonus entries for this giveaway. The code word for our giveaway is penny. Creator Spotlight. Bet you thought we were going to say small shop shout out. Yeah, but we didn't because we were switching things up. Season four, brand new. We are doing a Creator Spotlight. This is going to be where we basically pick a influencer, creator on Instagram or TikTok in the social media realm that is just killing it. We love getting to follow a bunch of these people and see what they're doing with their lives. It's so fun. They're so creative and it's some of them do it for a full-time job. So we want to take some time. We'll be alternating the creator spotlight and small shop shout out every other week for season four to kind of introduce this new segment. But today, who is our creator spotlight? We are going to have our very first creator spotlight go to Magic with Meg. She is so fun. So let's be honest. Part of the reason why we are here is because we see these people who love Disney as much as we do through social media. And so it lets us know that, hey, there are other people who are Disney crazy just like you. And then we get inspired and get to see these people who go to the parks more frequently than we do and give us ideas on what to do with our next trip or photo session whatever it might be um and just get a lot of joy out of following these people it's half of what we do is following other people and being inspired by them and so magic with meg was honestly one of the first people that came to our minds when we thought of (laughs) creators that are fresh to the the Disney scene that we just love everything she puts out. Oh yeah, she is definitely a Star Wars gal. You can always find her in Galaxy's Edge and Hollywood Studios. She has the coolest Star Wars outfits that she puts together. She can Disney bound like basically any character within Star Wars or just the Disney universe. I mean, she makes these really interesting TikToks where she will just do Disney bounds of different characters and I'm like thoroughly impressed by her closet. I'm like, girl, you have so many outfits. You can pull off any Disney bound, but she 
is specifically amazing when it comes to Star Wars content. I do not know how to Disney bound. I am not good with fashion and clothes. <laughs> so again, I am always inspired when I see what she puts out. And I'm just like, man, she is creative and talented. And I really appreciate the fact that she gives me a Disney dose in my everyday just by what she puts on her social media. Yeah, she even recently transformed her bedroom and she painted one of the walls in her room to match Tatooine. So like, she's just, I don't know, you're so fun. Meg, if you're listening to this, we love you. You're so fun. And give us some fashion tips. We want to know how to Disney bound. Help us out. We'll meet you in Galaxy's Edge. Yes, and you please. can tell me everything I did wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, if you can you can follow her on Instagram, Magic with Meg. She also is on TikTok. Um, she is so fun, so give her a follow. Hey all, this is Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations, the official travel partner of the Castle Chat, and I am so excited to bring you today's trip tip. One of the best ways that you can ensure that you're able to do everything you want in the parks is to get there early. If rope drop is at 8.30, so park opening is at 8.30, make sure you get there for that time so that you're able to have your plan and go forward and get on any rides that you want. If you are a resort guest, remember you're able to get in 30 minutes prior to the opening of the park. So if the park opens at 8.30, you can get in there at 8 and you can get in a ton of rides within that time. So definitely take advantage of it. Be sure to head over to Kelly's Magical Vacations on Instagram for all your Disney tips and tricks. And if you are looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can head to the Castle Chats Instagram. Click that link in their bio and there will be a form that you can fill out so that we can start planning. And I can help you with everything from your accommodations to your tickets to your dining and everything in between. All right, next week we are going to be diving into episode two and we are going to be using an episode title that we use for the past three seasons but you're typically used to having it a little bit later in the season so we're bringing it earlier and we're giving you and the award goes to as episode number two so based on our analytics um, when we analyze all of the things that our podcast is doing right, um, this is y'all's favorite episode. Oh, y'all love this one. This is your go-to episode. Notice I said y'all. I really had to throw that Southern flair in there because <laughs> I mean business. Um, yeah, this one is consistently the most listened to episode. So we wanted to bring it to you early and make sure that it stayed a part of our new quote unquote set list, we'll call it, um, mm-hmm. for season four. So we are going to do a fun one and it was a listener's suggestion for our next episode when we do awards. So what are we doing? We are doing, and the award goes to quick service restaurants. I love me some quick service. I build most of my trips off of them. I have (laughs) so much input for this episode. I'm so excited to tell you guys what we think is our favorite or least favorite place to grab a quick bite to eat in Walt Disney World. Yeah, join us for our award show, Quick Service Restaurants. These are the restaurants where you do not require a reservation. It's a walk-up window or a mobile order. And so it's quick, easy food, snacks. It's it's your go-to quick and easy meal. So 
We are so excited for that. But in the meantime, you can catch us on Instagram or you can send us an email. You can do that at the castle chat or the castle chat at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. We've been loving reading all of your reviews that you guys have been giving us over the past three seasons. And we can't wait, wait to read more of your reviews. So definitely submit those on Apple or Spotify podcast. We, we read every single one. So thank you for the time and energy that you put towards those. It helps us continue to grow this podcast we love your feedback but for now i'll leave you with what i always leave you with which is there is a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you go make it magical see you real soon bye friends Mm -hmm.